Good morning and welcome to WSAU Feedback. I'm Meg Ellefson on a sunny day. Hey, it's about time. Sometimes it feels like, you know, we don't have sun for a day or two and it feels like it's been months. And uh, I am welcoming it with open arms. I think it's actually supposed to be kind of nice out today too. So here's your opportunity to get outside and get some natural vitamin D. Well, I am delighted, speaking of the, the D words, uh, I'm delighted to have joining me on the on the program don't tell anybody, my favorite state senator, Mary Felskowski. How are you? Good morning, Meg. How are you? Shoot, the cat's out of the bag. Oh, ouch, yeah. <laughs> I won't tell Corey you said that. Uh, okay. All right, well, good. He's out, well, He's. I, I think he's out of town, so we're safe. We're safe for now. Well, so, so I am, uh, well, I have been doing a lot of research, a lot of conversations about the situation and Locked of Flambeau had a guest on mm-hmm. yesterday, a property owner on the program, and we talked about it. Our listeners were very engaged and wanted to join in the conversation, which I anticipate they will again. Let's talk about where things are, your perception of where things potentially will go, and if we're going to see a solution for these property owners that are barricaded in their properties up in Locked to Flambeau. So things are getting very dicey right now, and if you had the properties on orders on, you know that um, right now they're crossing the lake and have you know to in in order to access their homes and to be able to leave their homes. Well, with the way the spring is going and the ice is not that great, um, that's not going to last too much longer. Having said that, um, we've engaged with the governor's office on this, um, and this is one time I have to give Tony some credit. He has gone up there. He's tried to get Chairman Johnson to you know, lift the barricade for a minimum of 60 days while negotiations take place. Um, So far, he has not uh, been able to convince the chairman to do that. I've reached out to the chairman, and he is not returning my calls, and I've been informed that he has absolutely no intentions of returning the calls to Congressman Tiffany, myself, or um, Rep Swearingen to try to convince him to, you know, allow people in and out of their homes. So what we do know is that... There, it was an appraisal done on this land um, to try to find out what is the true value. That was done by the Bureau of Indian Affairs, otherwise BIA. Um, that appraisal is actually decades old. They since have updated the appraisal. Now, they have refused to give the governor a copy of this. They've refused to give our federal legislators a copy of this. They've actually refused to give the town chairman and Chairman Johnson a copy of it. They said that it is theirs and they don't have to, which makes absolutely no sense to me why this shouldn't be public knowledge. What is the value of this land so that we can move these negotiations forward? I have been told through the governor's office that um, supposedly the Bureau of Indian Affairs is traveling to Lac de Flambeau this week for a meeting with Chairman Johnson. Um, so I'm hoping, Meg, that there can be resolution on this in the near future. Oh, well, I, I mean, I guess here's here's my question about, and I talked with Congressman Tiffany about this yesterday. Uh, what would stop someone from uh, uh, hiring an independent appraiser, someone who could conduct an appraise, appraisal of that property so that we can at least have some kind of leverage to say to the Bureau of Indian Affairs, maybe uh, maybe we can now, uh, you know, sit down with each other and, and have a conversation at least about what the value of this property is so that we can move forward as opposed to be, uh, as opposed to these, these uh, property owners being held hostage. So I would agree with you 100%. I'm actually very surprised that that has not been done yet. 
Um, but but to be honest here, the Indians are hold the tribe, the Lactoflamo tribe are holding all the cards, and they are basically running roughshod on this. Um, I don't know, you know, this is just the situation in Lac de Flambeau, but we also have the issue where under the Chippewa Tribe Compact, this is affecting people in Bayfield, and it already hit Lac de Flambeau. Um, they filed lawsuits that under their compact, they no longer have to pay property taxes, and that was held up in federal court. Um, it was held up locally, and then it went through the Seventh Circuit and the compact very much. So now we have the tribal members that are like, we're not paying property taxes anymore on tribal lands. So that entire tax base has now fallen on non-tribal members. So up in Bayfield, we're seeing people's taxes go up like four or five hundred percent. That also happened. Like there was like seventy-five thousand dollars in uh, Lac de Flambeau that had to be reallocated, and yet they still send their. And it not only did it hurt the town, but just think of the lost school revenue also. You know. So, but yet they still want the services, and they still want. Um, their kids educated and everything. So there's there's quite a few things that are happening right now, um, and none of it is 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 positive. So, you know, I guess I, I'm I'm sort of at a loss for uh, how. Uh, well, I, I guess the response to this, and and I had a caller suggest that. So if the the council, the tribal council, has decided to close off these roads to uh, non-natives, then why couldn't we retaliate and close off roads that are non that are non-native roads to the native, the native residents up there? I mean, just just to show them how uh, how difficult they're making the lives of those that live up there on those properties. So I don't. I mean, I don't think people want it. There's, I talked to Chairman Matt Galke last night of the Lac de Flambeau um, Township. He's been a resident in Lac de Flambeau his entire life. He sat on the town board for years, and now he is a chairman. His largest concern is the deterioration in tribal, non-tribal relationships. Mm-hmm. He said things have actually greatly improved. I mean, I'm old enough to remember, they call them the walleye wars, but being at the boat landings with the DNR back when there was spearfishing, mm-hmm. and then you have the wolf hunt issue. And so things things have been very tense at certain periods of time over the last 30, 40 years. It's right back to that. Because you are penalizing people through no fault of their own that got caught up in this situation and have been good citizens. You know, they pay their taxes. They do what they think is right. Um, the last offer that we know of from the title company was a million and a half for um, those roads and to, and to have a permanent easement. The, the, the sentiment is the value of this land is probably $50,000. Wow. Well, so so when you say so a permanent easement, now that's the first time I've heard that those two words together because that was what my, my concern, and that's the concern of the property owners right. that I've spoken with, is they say that this is, this is already uh, 15 years in arrears, I believe. And so... If initially they were understanding, property owners were understanding that this would whatever settlement was actually is that actually ever made is only going to cover for the next ten years. I mean, I certainly hope that whatever solution is sought no, is a permanent no, 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 no. one. The the solution that people are um, 
looking for is a permanent solution. Right. right. Yes. So um, there has been conversations that have leaked out of the tribal council that there's also additional roads up there that they might be thinking of doing these types of things. Right, right. So when I talked to Chairman Galke yesterday, uh, Matt, who's the town chairman, he is like, whatever solution we have, this has to be a permanent solution across the board. Because now they've also shut down the boat landing access to lakes up there also. Oh, my god. Where the boat landings are the only... um, they're on tribal ground, but that is the only access to a lake other than, like, your shoreline. So you can't get your boat on, you can't get your boat on. Well, and, I mean, I'm thinking about once the, the lake, once there's no more ice, I mean, that was going to be the, the other mode of transportation that some of these landlocked owners or, or blockaded I, uh, owners would have. Is, is Their only recourse is to get in a boat and, and cross well, the it, lake. It is, and then there's actually someone on the other side of the lake who's allowing them to go, like, through their property. Right, well, how right. long is that person going to want, you know, people trudging back and forth, you know? You know, they're seasonal right now. It's not bothering them, but this is just, this is just, I, I just can't believe that they're doing this. I know, I know, and, and I mean, that's that's the frustrating thing is it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's a, uh... I, you know, I, I wish I could, there's a, cer- a certain characterization where everyone is pointing a finger at everyone else, and it's not my fault. It's, and I mean, so ultimately, it's it's the Bureau of Indian Affairs. I mean, isn't that who dropped the ball on this? Well, you can say that, but in my opinion, it was when these compacts were written. I mean, what were we thinking? Um, you know, that you don't have to pay property taxes or that they have the power to do this. You know, these the compacts are a contract, and it's a legally binding contract. So whatever that compact language is, is what we have to abide by. Now, those compacts can always be renegotiated, and we have seen some of that over the years. But it, it, they're extreme. They're extreme. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be asking you this on the air, but I'll just, you know, and I had, I've had conversations with other elected representatives, and I've said, is, is it time? And something I already suggested, is it time to play hardball? I mean, I, I get that we have to be mindful of the relations between the Native and non-Native people up there, but, I mean, are, are, what else are they going to respond to if, we, if, if there isn't some sort of act, swift action taken to alleviate this issue with, uh, these property owners not having access to their properties. So I think if the Bureau of Indian Affairs is um, unsuccessful in the next, let's say, 30 days, then I think that, you know, we have to stand back, take a real hard look at this and, you know, formulate a game plan. Um, and I don't know what that game plan would be. I, you know, I just started to represent the area after January 1st with redistricting. Mm-hmm. I picked up the balance of um, Bylas County and Oneida County, um, which included the Lac de Flambeau tribe. And I have five of the 12 tribes in my district. And I've had great relationships with the Potawatomi, with the Menominee, um, Stockbridge, Muncie, when I represented them. I now just met with their chairman again. Um, I have not had the time, you know, we have not had um, the ability to meet with Chairman Johnson yet. Um, We have sent out feelers you know, so that we have a relationship with them, because I represent them also. But this is this is very bad behavior on this part. Um, it is very punitive. I certainly do not agree with what they're doing, and I think that's going to be one of the conversations that we're going to start having. 
So I noticed that the, ch- the the now chairman of the Lac du Flambeau tribe, the tribal council, is John Johnson. At uh, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was perhaps in 2018 that uh, he was also part of the tribal council, not the chair. And he signed on to a statement that is still on the Lac du Flambeau tribe's website. And Correct. a part of it is, uh, let me just find it here. Um, is, okay. Where they state that they would not block the road. Right, right. And they, right. they said very, very plainly and very clearly that they're not yeah. going to, to block any, deny any resident of Lac, Flam- Lac de Flambeau access to their home, nor will they any fee be imposed on residents. And, and they, they, they state straight out that the maintenance of their roads are funded by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And that is indeed what uh, Congressman Tiffany said. I think it was $318 million in the last 10 years have gone yep, to. Close to yeah, so, so let me ask you this question, Meg. Right. If this was not a non-tribal situation, what would have happened? Oh, my gosh. The National Guard would have been sent in. But I'm even meaning like way before that. So when this easement had expired and somebody wanted to be compensated, if I let's say that you own the land, right? You would have taken this to court. You would have you would have gotten appraisal. You would have you know presented the appraisal if the title company did not want to settle with you because the title company did make the mistake. Okay, so if the title company did not want to settle with you based on your appraisal and the money that you were asking for, say you were asking for five hundred thousand dollars, just you would have gone to court on this, right? And then you would have sued them in court, and the court would have had made the decision on this because that's what we do in the United States, right? We have the judicial system, right? Don't you wonder why this has not gone to court? Well, because I mean, the, maybe the answer uh, in, is more obvious than we think. The, in my opinion, the answer is is because what the money that they're asking for, they initially asked for ten million dollars, and it's probably you know let's just go out on a limb and say that land's worth two hundred thousand um, dollars. The the court would have never granted that. Now they're asking for twenty million right. because they can. Well, and they can shut the roads down. And they're like, pay it, or we're going to shut these roads down forever. Well, and, and I mean, I guess I guess the problem I see, again, is that they're, they're benefiting. Uh, and, and I mean, I'm not going to sp- speak for the entire, I'm not uh, indicting the entire tribe, but those on the council that have made this decision, they're benefiting from non-tribal roads. They're benefiting from all that, uh, I guess, the rest of us, um, work for and provide, pay taxes for in the, in that community, but yet they are they are unwilling to be good neighbors to Correct. their non-native uh, community members, and I don't I don't I think I feel like it's really short-sighted on their part to make this decision. It, it is, and the more this escalates, and the more see one of the things is is this is not known. Um, it's very well known up in our area because it's making the news, but this is not um, well known throughout the state. Like I've had a conversation with a couple of uh, my colleagues in the Senate, and they're like, what are you talking about? Nobody knows this is going on. Well, I'm doing my part, Mary. In fact, I, I, I know I, you are. <laughs> well, and, I've, and I mean, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I mean, I see the injustice. I mean, I talked to, right. talk to a mom of a, uh, a learning disabled, uh, a special right. needs girl, that they they have fled their property because they can't. Right. She just can't. 
she can't take the risk that well, risk she needs services for those child, right, for that right, child, right, yeah, right. And, and, and she can't get them. Well, and right. I and I think. I mean, you know, I don't know what the end game. I don't know what these. I mean, if it's just an extortion plot on the on the on the part of these tribal council members that they they all are united in in trying to shake down the American government for as much money as possible. But but I mean, I guess I don't see that as as uh, as a solution to uh, no. should should one of their fellow tribe members want to sell a plot of land in the future on the reservation. How are they ever going to sell it? They're, they're essentially they making that property worth nothing. Correct. So, yes. They know, they know exactly what they're doing, and they've rolled the dice on this one. But I, I think that there will be repercussions. Um, I have absolutely no idea what that looks like. Um, but those repercussions might not only be to, you know, one single tribe, and I think that's going to be the sad part about it, is because we have some of the other tribes that are very good you know, like Potawatomi and Forest County, um, they have a phenomenal working relationship. And I hate to see the impact of what is happening in Lac de Flambeau start to affect, you know, other tribes and um, other other counties. Because people, you know, people just want fair. Like, they don't like when one segment of society is doing these types of things. Um and yet still without wants any, all this. Without any accountability. I mean, without any consequences. I mean, that's and, frustrating. And, and they're still asking for all the services. Right, right. And that's, I mean, that's the bottom line. I, I mean, I went out to, to the, the, the tribe's website, and I see that they are benefiting from our meteorologists, and they put all kinds of notices to their tribal members about the inclement weather that's coming. And, well, I mean, th- that's benefiting from technology that, that non-natives have developed. And, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't natives that did as well. Right. I mean, they are benefiting from services that we're providing. And, it's you know, I, I hate to – I don't want it – you know, it shouldn't be – a de- well, so, I mean, the divisive issue has been made by them. It's bigger than that, though. I mean, throughout history, there have been a lot of um, segments and factions that have been treated very unjustly. I mean, let's just talk about the Jewish community, you know, World War II and the Nazis. Mary, are you still there? Around, they value education. And, you know, they're some of the most successful people in the United States. What saddens me is this type of behavior um, teaches the young people of, of the tribal communities to constantly be a victim. Right. And that is not healthy for anyone. Yeah, well, and I I would agree, and that's and that's and I also think that uh, the the relations between natives and non-natives up in Lac de Flambeau are, they're probably hurting right now as a result of very this. much and, so. And, and and my guess is that the actions of the tribal council are now perhaps affecting even the children that are attending schools up there, mm-hmm. and and you know some of the problems that that could occur and so again i think it's short-sighted i i i mean obviously uh there should be some compensation but as you suggest why didn't they go about it uh right. through the court system correct i don't understand correct that. well i'm looking you at know, the clock go ahead finish your thought and we gotta go so i just hope that the bureau of indian affairs um actually comes through this week um it's not known to be the most um efficient agency in the federal government. In fact, it's on Shocker. the bottom. And I just I just hope that we get a resolution to this because if we do not, I think things are going to continue to escalate 
And when people can no longer cross the ice, then things are going to get very dicey. Right. Well, I, I, I mean, I would hate to see something horrible happen to one of those, uh, one of those property owners, someone who's who's trapped in their home and has a medical emergency, Correct. and and they're not able to get the service or the treatment that that they need in time. And I mean, that's well, on the hands of the tribal council. The tribe is supposed to have somebody there, and they are supposed to have somebody there that you know with a key. Now, I was just told of this fiasco where somebody was trying to get in and out of their house and for a medical appointment and stuff like that. And it was like 45 minutes to an hour because it kept coming with the wrong key and not having the right information. So the people actually missed the medical appointment. Thank God it was not an emergency. Maybe it's time to bring they a They couldn't chain find cutter. the key. Maybe yeah, they chain. actually ended up taking the lock off with a bolt cutter. Yeah, well, and that might be what people have to resort to up there. But, well, Mary Fels, State Senator Mary Felskowski, thank you for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. Stay in touch. I know you will. All right. Thanks, Meg. Have yep. a good day. You too. Thanks. Going to roll right into the 830 news, followed by this second half of feedback in your calls, 715-845-2155.